Hey, it's Jason with the Marketing Podcast Network. As a business-to-business marketer, your needs are unique. B2B buying cycles are long and your customers face incredibly complex decisions. Isn't it time you had a marketing platform built specifically for you? LinkedIn ads empower marketers with solutions for you and your customers. LinkedIn ads allow you to build the right relationships, drive results, and reach your customers in a respectful environment. On LinkedIn, you'll have direct access to and build relationships with decision makers. Of the 875 million users on the network, 180 million are senior-level executives, 10 million are C-level executives. You will also be able to drive results with targeting and measurement tools built specifically for B2B, and they work. Audiences exposed to brand messages on LinkedIn are six times more likely to convert. LinkedIn Ads is also ranked number one for security, community, and ad experience as part of Business Insider's Digital Trust Study. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash MPN and claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. Freelancing and online marketing often looks ideal from the outside, but what's inside? Many time-consuming challenges. SEMrush offers over 50 tools and reports to assist you in every step of your routine, from competitive and keyword research to link building and technical SEO. SEMrush is your digital team member. Let's hit it off. Grab your free trial today and see measurable results. Go to bit.ly slash SEMrushMPN. That's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash SEMrushMPN. What's good, people? Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being back here with us on the business of podcasting. Now, we're really getting into the business side today. We got a special guest, Alex Sanfilippo. I want to make sure I'm saying it right because I always struggle with that last name. Alex Sanfilippo, but you said it with so much confidence, I'll take it. Most people are like, Alex San for something, but Alex Sanfilippo. But yeah, that was close, man. I'll, I'll take it. Man, thank you for being here. You're one of the people in the podcast industry I always love talking to because you have that long-term mindset when it comes to podcasting like I do. So man, what are you up to right now? What's going on? Yeah, man. Like, uh, like, first off, thanks for having me here. This is really cool. It, just so everyone knows, anyone whoever, everyone whoever watches this, listens to this, wherever you are, I'm a big fan of Coach Chris. I want to make sure that's known right off the bat. So I just appreciate the guidance you provided me over the years in podcasting. And and for me, man, I've just stayed a student in podcasting. Like, still this day, sure, like I own software companies around podcasting. I have my own show. And it's done well and stuff like that. But I will always be a student. So for me, the first way to answer that is just I'm here learning. Like I am continuously figuring out how to be a better podcaster. And as soon as I learn something, how do I implement that for others to use as well? So for me, it's not enough just to say, okay, cool, I'm getting better at this, I'm learning. It's how can I leverage this? So for me, PodPros is the organization I'm with, and we are just trying to make more and more software solutions that serve people's podcasting journey to make the whole thing easier and take them a lot further, a lot faster. I love that. I love the learning aspect because when people ask me what my favorite part about podcasting is, they always are surprised when I tell them it's to do interviews because I'm always talking to somebody that knows something I don't. So I'm <laughs> right. learning. That's yeah. how I view it. Like that part is my personal favorite. I and mean, I love what you're doing in the software world because I think for any industry to grow now, it has to have software attached to it. If it doesn't have software, it's pretty hard for that industry to evolve. And I think that's why our industry is blowing up so fast because every week I see something new. Like mm-hmm. it's always yeah. something new popping up. So for you, what's the the most exciting thing you're working on now, like in terms of that software. Yeah. So I'll share something with you. I haven't shared anywhere yet. It's funny because this morning I finished meeting with my co-founder. So just so everyone knows, PodPros is an organization like we focus on providing software solutions specifically for podcasters. I'm more like the sales marketing idea guy. 
my co-founder, and we're 50-50 partners. He's also here in Jacksonville, Florida. He's the technical guy. So today we finished up like a long, it was a full week of strategic meetings of like our next initiative. And the thing that we really want to work on that we're trying to narrow down, Coach Chris, is that we want to we want to be able to help podcasters get more reviews for their show. And Apple's still really the standard for that. So how can we help them do that? And I want to add a little caveat there with integrity. So mm. not just, hey, let's all spam this person's show and give them 100 reviews, right? You know, how do you actually say, here's how you can listen to it and here's how you can leave a review? And the one thing that I've, I've learned about this industry and you know, this podcast hosts are in it to help each other. So yeah. I was like, what if it was all hosts reviewing each other's shows? What would this look like? And I, I don't have all the details yet because we're he's architecting this now. It's funny, if Jesse was hearing this, my co-founder, he'd probably be like, dude, what? We didn't agree on that yet. <laughs> but like, what I'm hoping it's going to be, the idea is some sort of like lottery system. So something that's like a software that basically you pick your numbers and if you get picked, then everyone on the platform or a percentage of the platform is actually going to go rev- listen to your show, then leave a review for it. It's the idea behind it. It's all podcast hosts helping each other out. Oh, really man. early stages, but that's a problem that I wanted to solve because so many people... It's not even for the show. It's for the potential guests because some guests, for some reason, they don't know a lot about podcasting, but they make a great guest. They, oh, that show's only got four reviews. I can't be on that show. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's, that, that, that doesn't really do anything or matter. But if we can show some of these shows, they have actual reviews from integrity from an integrity place, I think it'd be helpful. So that's the newest thing I'm working on. You literally heard it here first. This is the only place I've mentioned it and probably will ever mention it until it comes out. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, that, that's what I'm working on right now that I'm excited about. Oh, man. I think that's dope because... I also get incredible feedback from my other podcasts, like my peers. When they listen to my show, they can tell me where I can improve or where I'm doing bad. And that's those are some of the best reviews. And I, I don't know if you I, you probably do know about this. Kind of the dark side of Apple podcast reviews is a lot of people pay. A lot of people yeah. have put money into paying for their reviews and downloads and stuff. I love that aspect of having podcast hosts do it because that's going to improve a lot of the quality of the shows that we have, man. That's some incredible stuff. Y'all are doing a lot over at Pod Pros, man. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I'm glad that you said that, man. That's important. And, and really, Apple has been really, I always follow every day the amount of shows that are added and removed from Apple. There's all the, the companies that kind of like just calculate all that data. Apple's been removing more shows than ever before. And I think it's because it is against their policy for you to pay for downloads and reviews. And I think that they're getting really savvy about where people are listening. If they see, 100 reviews coming from the same cafe in a country that isn't where your podcast is primarily listened to, that's a red flag. And they're removing some of these shows. And obviously, we don't want to play that game for that reason. But also, it doesn't help anything. Like, it's just a vanity metric at that point if you're just paying to get more. So I'm with you. Hey, let's review each other. But also, one of the things we're wanting to build into it is, hey, if you want to provide additional feedback, yeah, leave a nice review. But if you're saying, hey, this would be better if you do this, we're leaving a way for people to do that for each other. Because I agree with you. Podcasters really have the mentality of the old saying that a rising tide lifts all ships. Like I believe that podcasters also believe that. So I'm excited to be part of it, man. And it's so fun being a podcaster because whenever I need help with something or I want to learn something, that's what makes our event so fun is that Mm. we can grow and learn so much together. It's not just the normal little basic stuff. It's always next tier stuff that we help each other with. And there's not a lot of infighting and back and forth. I think that's what's helping us grow. Like the advertising spend now is just becoming absurd. Like it's going into millions and millions of dollars a month. It's a billion dollar industry now. Um, And that's only going to help more podcasters, more people listening and showing up. So we all win by each other winning. Like your show growing is my show growing. So it's just, it's fun. So one thing I want to ask you about is your events that you're doing now. You're doing podcast events. Let the people know a little bit more about what your events are and why they're different. 
Yeah. So first off, I wanted to do an event the way that I like to receive events, right? Like what content do I like to consume? So the way I started this whole thing was sitting back and realizing, one, again, listening to, to the people that are in my community. And I consistently heard, hey, we'd like continued education. Like a lot of the podcasters that come into Podmatch specifically, that's our flagship product, right? Like connecting those guests and hosts together. So we have both sides. And they were just like, we'd like more education. I want to be a better guest. I want to be a better host. How can I do this? How can I do that? Right? So the writing was on the wall that we needed to do something. And in my head, I didn't want to do weekly. Monthly seemed a little much to me too. So I was like, you know what? Let's do something quarterly that kind of pulls it all together. And then I sat, like I said, I sat down and thought about how do I like to learn? What's been the most beneficial to me? And Coach Chris, like what I've always really enjoyed is, is TED Talks. Like I can mm. find the idea I'm looking for. I can listen to it and digest it really in an easy way. It's not a 45-minute video. It's usually 10 to 15 minutes. And I just said to the team, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Let's put this together. Let's have our speakers pre-record their videos. We'll slap a fancy intro and outro out of it and have all this stuff for, to talk about the, uh, the actual speaker afterwards. And then we'll do a live Q&A with them. So it's 30-minute sessions, two tracks, guest and host track. And they basically, we, we stream the actual video for everyone to watch. And then immediately following, we do a live Q&A with the speaker. And Incredible. the feedback has just been, the feedback has been amazing because it's just one topic. They're not sharing 300 best tips on podcasting. It's no, here's how you get a better sounding mic. And here's how you really max it out. Like really simple, straight to the point, And then they do the Q&A, man. It has been a really fun thing. I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. We've done two of these events now. We're already planning Q3 uh, at time of us, us recording this. And man, I'm excited about it. Man, I love the simplicity of that because sometimes if the event is, like, I've seen some events and I've spoken some that are like all day, they're like literally <laughs> yeah. 24 hours. And I'm like, look, man, I don't have the bandwidth or the time to do that. So like every person going up and talking for 45 minutes to an hour, it's just a lot. And then I actually, my favorite part is the Q and A part, because I think mm -hmm. that's where most people learn. Like they listen to you talk, but then they have a question from that talk and to Get that question answered is what ties it all together. So if you miss the Q&A, you miss a lot. Like when I do my talks, I love to cut my time in half so that the last half can literally be Q&A because that's where you provide what I believe to be the most value. Because like the talk is planting the seed, but then it really grows when they can ask you questions and you can answer it. Man, that is an incredible event style. Now, do you have any plans to take this into a live setting or is this going to stay virtual? I really, I'm glad you asked. That's funny. Like I've been thinking about it. I don't know yet. <laughs> I need to get really confident with the virtual first. And by the way, to go back on something you said, I, I attended a live in-person event that you spoke at in 2021 and you did a really good job keeping your talk short and leaving room for Q&A, like you said. And many speakers, they just like to go up to the last second, but that doesn't, I mean, if I had a question halfway through your talk and I don't get it answered, then the talk wasn't really valuable for me. I really respect the fact that you do practice what you preach. Like I have watched you do that in person. I respect that. And um, seeing stuff like that, there is the power of Q, like um, Q and A in person because it just it feels more human to human than even yeah. asking a question virtually. And that makes me want to do something in person at one point. Will I do it quarterly? Probably not. But I'm thinking might be fun. And I don't know. I'm just like bouncing these ideas. I hear my whole team might freak out when they listen to this. But <laughs> maybe once a year, I don't know, the first quarter of the year, we get together in person. The other three are virtual. I don't know yet. But for right now, like the plan is let's really get it well done virtually. And then we can have talks in the future about what it could be like in person at some point. Man, I love that. I love all the behind the scenes stuff you got going on. We getting a lot of the behind the scenes, the, yeah. the building of the brand. This is what people love, though. This is the content and the information people tune in for. I appreciate you for sharing all the details with us. So now what I want to get into is more of the monetizing. My audience is 
This is about where the microphone meets the money. So people care about the dollar signs over here. So when it comes to you as a podcaster, as a host, what has been over your time of podcasting, what has been your main monetization strategy? Yeah. Like you said, this is the business of podcasting, right? There's got to be some money on the other side of the mic to make it a business. And man, I've tried it all. Like from day <laughs> one, I was like, man, I got to get a big audience so I can do some ads. I'm not a big audience guy. Till this day, I'll humbly say that I don't have a huge audience with my show. And ads and sponsors are never going to be the primary driver for me. It's just not. And I say that because one, I don't have the audience size, but two, the sponsor, my show is too general. Like I speak to podcasters and, and podcast guests. That's pretty general. So much so that there's no sponsors gonna come and be like, yeah, this is $100,000. It's just not going to happen for me. And that's okay. Those are the main avenues people talk about, but I, I tried them. They didn't work for me. Something else I tried early on, and I'll get into what has actually worked, is I tried doing like a private community, like a paid community for entrepreneurs. That was like my first attempt. And just, I couldn't get traction with it. And truth be that one is tough. That's the hard one. <laughs> yeah. In my head, it made the most sense. It was easiest to build. There's a reason for that. So for me now, it, it goes back to, to the, the software solutions that we've created. And at the end of the day, what I just did is started asking the small audience that I had what they were struggling with. And so when I asked what they're struggling with, I built a solution based off that problem. So they gave me a struggle. I built a solution. And for me, the path has been, has actually been through software and, and going that route. Additionally, when you just listen to the audience, like courses work great. Like I, I've got a paid mm. course right now that's doing really well. And it's not a lot of money. It's 70 some odd dollars. So it's not like a, a really expensive course, but it's doing well. It's helping the people that wanted it. I built it with somebody in mind that had told me they wanted it instead of just like, let me see if this sticks. So for me, again, software being the primary, but also just answering the response, like answering the, the concerns and problems people have that are in my sphere of influence and providing that for them has been some stuff that has worked really well. I can get into a bunch of other small things too. Chris, if you want me to, like up to you, but uh, those are that's my mindset behind it and software being the, the driving force ultimately. Yeah, I want to get into the smaller ones, but I love what you, you said about both of those is you didn't really build anything until mm -hmm. you got the feed. You went to the people first to hear from them, to learn from them what they wanted, what they were interested in, what they need help with. All of that stuff, you got the details before building anything at all. I think too many podcasters try and they chase the money so much so fast that they skip that part of the process of getting the people to build it for you. Mm -hmm. Now, one way I can guarantee you'll be profitable is having the people you want to sell to build the mm -hmm. There's no better way to build any product than to have them build it. And 50 people giving you feedback on an outline that you have is just incredible. And I've seen this work for software, for courses. And for some reason, podcasters love to launch courses like as their first product. Uh, I don't yeah. think that's always the best thing. But again, if, if you got feedback from your audience, if you have 100 listeners and you talk to literally half of them, that's 50 people, and they tell you, we want, you're going to win if you put that out. So I, I love that you use the process of actually getting the feedback to build the products and don't just go and build stuff because nobody's going to buy that. Yeah. And if I can just add to that, because this will go right into some other ideas here. First off, the old saying, build it and they will come just doesn't work. I mean, get them to show up first and then build it. Like pre-orders are a real thing. Like you're saying, if you're getting that feedback, give people a way that they can speak with their wallets, not just with their mouths. Because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, that would be sweet. I totally want that. And then when it comes time to pay, they're like, I know people who might want it. Maybe, probably not. Like yeah. it changes things. So at the end of the day, if you can have some sort of pre-order, it's great. And you mentioned a lot of podcasters when they first get into it, doing a course. I did one, didn't sell anything. Like never sold it. But I, cause I thought, oh, people were asking me about podcasting. What I should have done, this is one of the, the strategies I wanted to give to you, is instead of making a course, when people are like, oh, I really want to start a show, 
go to, I'm not affiliated with them, but go to like Calendly.com or one, I don't know, one of the other websites that you use to actually create a scheduling calendar. I say Calendly because that's what I use. And I pay for like their pro membership. I think it's 12 or $14 a month. Yeah. And one of the options I have on there is to invoice upon, upon scheduling. So if you were trying to book time with me to talk about how to make a podcast, because that's one of my calendar links, then it is automatically going to bill you $50 for the half hour or $100 for the half hour, whatever it is. If people are asking you about it, don't build a course. Just be like, yeah, sure thing. Here's my calendar for that specifically. I will save you hundreds of dollars and thousands of hours or vice versa, yeah. right? <laughs> if you just get on a 30-minute call with me and spend 100 bucks, it's going to be a game changer or you can book more if you want. Right now, Coach Chris, I am making money doing that. I have one client. I don't take on many at a time. And this person's paying me $100 for a half hour. We are going to get him from idea to show launch. And I'm just going to introduce him to everyone and everything I know and, and just do it that way. That's an easy. easy monetization strategy. Like you don't, setting up that Calendly link, man, it took me about 20 minutes to set this whole thing up. And now I am good to make money. And I'm, 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 I'm going to add a pro tip on top of that. Please. If you're thinking about the long term. What you do is you record all of your sessions that you have with this person when you are helping them. And then you can package that up and that can be your course. You can make the course from you actually teaching somebody because the same questions that the person has and person one has, person 50 will have the same exact questions. When I get questions about monetizing, it's always the same five to seven questions. Like I don't have to produce a bunch of different videos to answer those same questions. So recording your sessions, I've been recording my sessions for like maybe five years now. It's an absurd amount of like space, obviously. Yes, I pay a lot of money to keep it. But like the value that has for my brand is it's just invaluable at this point. It's super valuable because whenever I get a question, I can send that to somebody else. So, man, I love that you have such a simple process. Everybody wants to overcomplicate it. But that right there, what you explained, is a 20-minute setup. And that could be an extra $1,000 a month in your pocket. Easily. And here's the thing. I love what you just shared about repurposing the content, basically. Don't go out there and build all this stuff. Build it while you're using it. Even if I know a lot of people, I don't know exactly how you do it, Coach Chris, but some people, they just record just their side and they'll answer the question, but they'll be looking at the camera. So the camera looks like they're looking at the person they're coaching, but they're just using that and repurposing that later. It's a real easy solution. But here's the little thing I want to mention here, because I don't know exactly how far along everyone who listens to this is in their journey. But a lot of people might be like, well, that's great for you, Alex, because you're really accomplished. And Coach Chris obviously knows everything, right? Like, here's the thing. If you are one step further than somebody, then you can help them. Imagine that you're climbing a mountain, right? You can't be like, well, I'm, at the, I'm not at the top yet, so I can't help this person up. Sure you can. If you're one step ahead of them, you can reach down and give them your hand and pull them up. It's the same thing here. You remember what it was like if you were somebody who didn't get any help like me when you started, how much money and time you wasted. If you can help somebody not do that, it is worth it. So don't have this imposter syndrome. You can get out there and help somebody. This is a really simple way to quickly monetize your podcasting experience without needing to have a ton of information and like all the data, right? If you're a one step further, you can help somebody with this. Man, keep it simple too. That's I, I would say that's another tip is keep it simple, especially in the beginning. Don't make a fancy website and don't make all of these different course pages and don't record 40 videos don't do that. It's just, it's going to exhaust you. I promise you. Uh, and, and you won't get the outcome that you really want. So before we go, I want to hear one of your other monetization strategies that you know, you're using to generate that revenue. Yeah. So here's another one. This one's really unique. So I was saving it for you, coach Chris, because I thought that you and, and the audience here would like this. We're, we're a lot of us, we're business people. Like that's our mind. We're business minded people. Get this one, man. I, I actually did this one and I'm not going to take credit. So I'll mention that in a minute. I had a friend of mine who's a realtor. He was with Keller Williams. And he has a, a regional office here in my city. 
he called me up. He's like, Hey, everyone here is really interested in podcasting to figure out how we can use it as realtors. Will you come speak and we'll pay you? And mm. I, I set up for about 30 minutes. I showed up, I spoke. And at the end of it, he's like, Man, you can go to every real estate office in town and share the same thing you just shared here. And they'd all pay you for it because they're all wondering. And that was a light bulb moment. So I'm not going to take credit. I'll give it to my buddy, Nate Riggs, <laughs> whose idea it was. But I showed up and they paid me, I believe, $400 for an hour. And the thing is, I could, have, I could and I, I'm not doing it right now, but at any point, I could email every realtor in town. I could have a VA do that and say, hey, I'm a, podcasting, I'm a podcaster. I'd love to come speak about how podcasting is affecting the real estate industry. I just shared this with the, the, the regional Keller Williams office. Let me know if you'd be interested. Dude, if I, I had a VA do that, I bet I could pick up five or six different gigs every month and, and bring it in. And here's the thing. It's not just for realtors. I could do that in any marketing firms, any PR agencies there. I could go to everyone in town. And for all they know, because most people don't know a real podcaster, I'm the podcasting expert in the city. Bring me in. I'll speak for a little bit. And you just get better at that. And I yeah. think that's a really unique way to, to actually monetize it. Because again, if I decide I want to get out and speak more, I could, again, I have the in with the realtors already. I could get in with banking. But I think that's a really unique idea for monetizing your experience as a podcaster. Because all you're doing is sharing what you've learned. You don't need to be the best. You're just sharing, here's what I've learned. Here's what I've seen. Here's where I believe it's going. And people really eat that up because you're somebody who's actually on the side of the mic that's speaking and understanding how it works. Yeah. And I love that one too, because that is one that forces you to step outside. And I think speaking on stage is just so unique to your brand. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of those things that you do and you, in the beginning, you feel nervous and you have all the, the just the nerves inside of you and you're maybe a little worried won't go right. You get better and better every time you do it, even if it's virtual. So I think that is a great strategy that a lot more people could try, especially now because people are dying to get back outside and do stuff in person. So if you can put yourself out there for 30 to 45 minutes, even an hour, and actually have a plan and a guideline to show people how to go from step one to step 20, man, that will work out tremendously. And I think that's much better than the typical way of, hey, I'm launching another course on how to do this in podcasts. Like, we don't need another morning. We don't need that. We have enough. Let's right. do something different now. But I think we should be focused on is find your way to separate yourself in your industry, whatever it is. Find your style. Don't do what everybody else is doing just because it's popular, because you just fall into the hole of everything else and you get drowned out really fast. Yeah. And I'll share one more thing with this. It, I want to make sure everyone has the right visual because I don't want you picturing me in front of this regional office with hundreds or thousands of realtors in it, right? There was uh, 10 or 12 people in the room and most of those offices are smaller than that. It could just really be open <laughs> Q&A at the end of the day. Like these are people who are just curious. Podcasting is still like a new unknown thing. It, out of all time, I believe there's just over 2.5 million podcasts. If for me, I'm in the United States. If I think about how many people are in my city alone, then I here's the thing, like most of them haven't even heard of a podcast. They have no idea how it works. They've maybe heard of one, but they don't have any clue how this side of the mic works. If you're a podcast host, you are majorly in the minority of understanding how this world even works. And if you can share it with two or three people and they'll pay you for it, it's just an open Q&A, that's a win. So it's just another thought, a cool way to monetize what you're doing. Man, look at that. Alex coming through, giving up some great info. Man, I knew this would be a great conversation, man. Everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Alex, let people know where they can support pod pros. Let them know where they can join the brand. Yeah, th thanks so much, Coach Chris. I appreciate that. So for me, everything I do is at podpros.com. You can find the podcast, all the different services we're providing, social media, everything. So podpros.com has got all of it. But Coach Chris, I love where you're taking people. This is the place to be. So I'm just so thankful that you shared the platform with me today. Man, thank you for being here. 
You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Sarah Panouse hosts a great podcast called Marketing with Empathy. Sarah, tell us what these fine folks will get when they listen. Marketing with Empathy is a weekly podcast, and it's designed for brand content marketers who want to connect with their audiences through storytelling and are looking for help to do it better. Plus, like enjoy that recognition, growth, and just joy that comes from creating great work. Awesome. Where can people subscribe? Yeah, head on over to marketingpodcast.net and you will see the Marketing with Empathy show there. Otherwise, wherever you listen to podcasts, you'll find Marketing with Empathy. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.